Mmm, chop, drink the wine, yeah. Mmm, chop, makes me feel fine. Mmm, chop, I like wine. Hey, this is Alan Hansen from the band Hansen. Support with the Kitchen is on Fire comes from Drop, a wine delivery app for London. Bloody London. Drop delivers awesome and expertly chosen wines to wherever you are in London in Zones 1 and 2 and a couple of other godforsaken places within the hour. Imagine that. That's a pretty impressive performance, if I'm honest. Download the app from dropwine.co.uk and enter the promo code KITCHENONFIRE to get £10 off your first order. £10 off your first order. Drink sensibly, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're a nutty little monkey, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are we starting the podcast, Sam? How was your hangover? It's all right, James. It's been a long day, a, a long wedding, journey, a wedding, journey. Wedding on a Tuesday is a weird call, straight up. Yep. Why? Uh, so, yeah, Tuesday, unusual day for a wedding, but it was a it was a delightful affair. They were married by a druid. They had an affair. No, it was a lovely affair. And married by a druid. A druid, yeah. Is that recognised in the church? They uh, were well, in the church of druidism. Sorry. Um, yeah. They, they'd done the official one at the registry office and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, on Friday. And then they, there was a druid uh, lady who, who married them. And blessings were made, James, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. There was a lot of north, south, east, west. I had no idea that sort of druids and paganism was so sort of based around the compass. Are they pagans? Uh, no, but they're kind of into the natural world, James, into mm. nature. They live on a, on a narrow boat. How narrow? Uh, narrow enough to uh, slip it down those waterways <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, of Great Britain. And it is, in fact... It's a great country. Great. <laughs> it's great. And you, you have fun? It's a uh, long way, Devon, though, isn't it, on a Tuesday? It is, yeah, down to Tiverton. Tiverton? Mm. Which I found out is where uh, Moves is from. Yeah. Moves took a run at guessing, was just about to give up on where it was, and then his final roll of the dice, he got it correct correctly that it was um, Huntsham Court, uh, which is a lovely place. Bit weird, the rooms all had names. Ours was called Tilly, and no locks on any of the doors. Bit weird. Somebody came into our bedroom in the middle of the night. Ooh. Uh, which I sort of slept through, but Ab was like, oh, my God, somebody just came in our room. Uh, and so I pushed the, uh, the chair up against the door. Well, um, sort of the, under the handle, old school. Uh, yeah, but like balance there. Yeah. No, literally just sort of shoved out there. It was a very heavy chair there, so uh, it was fine. Um, there were there were dancing. A, Did you? You probably put some. Moves I didn't. In on, no, yeah. there was no dancing. There was a lot of people there that I hadn't seen for since I was in the band. Who were like, oh, you know, you know, saw her at the states, whatever. So that was um, unusual. But there was... Was Little uh, Mike there? Little Mike did not attend, no. Was Ant there? Ant was not there, no. So not many of the band? No. Uh, Simon was Simon there. Simon was there. Simon was there, and Keith was there, who stepped in on bass. Right. Uh, 
Paul was Paul there? Paul wasn't there. So very no. few. <laughs> very few, yeah. Um, but no, One other, member of the band was No, there. but other people weren't saying, oh, you're Sam from Hope of the States, so right. I saw you play at such and such place, or whatever. Okay. The lady on our table. And Mike's um, also in the Leisure Society, correct? Yes, and the Leisure, the other people from the Leisure Society, they were also there. They still going strong? Uh, yeah, they've been working on an album for a long time, which I think is going to finally come out this year. They're quite a fixture of the uh, festival list, aren't they? I think they do all right, yeah. They, they truck summer, on. Summer festivals. Um, you like James, festival? um, what was strange, there was a photographer there who looked just like Steve Bannon. Oh, really? And I couldn't... It was the strangest thing. This lovely country house thing. Um, and, you know, decorated beautifully, sort of, you know, in, in, in that sort of nature and pagan sort of way. You yeah. know, kind of weird shit lying around. Not creepy pagan stuff. You know, flowers and ivies and whatnot. Sure. Uh, and then in the midst of it, Steve Bannon is walking around with a camera. SB. And, you know, I was talking last week about Shipman and saying, like, if you look like Shipman, you know, shave the beard off or grow the hair out or something. If you look like Steve Bannon, wouldn't you sort your look at? So was it the hair, sort of greasy, He had the, the greasy, grey, sweat back. He had the sort of jowly face and the, and the same build mm. and was dressed relatively similar, sort of baggy, crumply clothes. Mm. Um, and, again, I just thought... You know, it's tough. It's a tough break, you know, but if, if if the world moves around you, you should make a change. Maybe you like Steve Bannon. I suppose that is possible. Um, More than possible. There's also a guy there who looks just like Wes Anderson. I don't think I especially know what he looks like. Does he, looks, he look like he, he'd be the sort of rhythm look, guitarist in an indie band? Uh, kind of. He looks more like a kind of librarian. I would put those two things in the same category. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, good times. But then, uh, yeah, long journey back today. Double bacon and egg McMuffin, terrible coffee, packet of wine gums, none of which helped me. Never does. No. But I'm back now, James. I'm excited to record this podcast with you, James, and our guest today. Big guest. Big guest. Non-food, just to shake things up. Just while we've got the foodies of the world into the podcast, we can alienate them with this next guest. I feel like that's what you think a little bit. Steve Bannon. Yeah, we've got Steve Bannon on. Um, to, just here to talk about his the favourite dishes that he likes to make at home for Mrs. Bannon. Do you feel like I think this is we're alienating people with this guest? No, to be honest, like, I love the dude that we ha- we're having on tonight. Adore him. He's one of my favourite people in the world. But at the same time, it's like whoa, you get get the big guns on, you know, with Adam last week, and mm. suddenly suddenly Twitter James is pretty much ablaze if you set fire to small birds or kitchens or kitchens. Um, and now, yeah, then they're going to be like, oh, who's this? But the, I think, as we've discussed, like, I often like the Adam Buxton ones the most when I don't necessarily know who the person is or follow the yeah. m- uh, milieu. It's just like, oh, that's, uh, yeah. he's going to tell us some good stories. Let's, let's int- not introduce him, he's not here yet. But Niall. It's Niall Doherty. Annihilation. Um, yeah. Niall. <laughs> it will be. Um, yeah, he's the assistant editor at Q Magazine. And, uh, An old bud bud of yours. Kind of, yeah. He, um, well, he can tell his origin, his shameful origin story with me when he gets here. But, um, yeah, he's a good guy. And I'm looking forward to having him on our podcast, James, The Kitchen's on Fire, which I really appreciate you leaving reviews on iTunes and subscribing. really just helps us perform. <laughs> <laughs> I thought... Um, we're such unpleasant human beings, you and I, 
that when we're sincere, it sounds so insincere and so sarcastic and disingenuous. Right. So I was about to say, <laughs> I thought Adam was fucking good last week, but I, as, as the words came out of my mouth, I thought this is going to sound like I'm being sarcastic. But I'm not. I thought he was a very good guest, incredibly articulate, had very interesting things to say about food and restaurants. And I, I'd, like to, I'd like to take this opportunity right now to thank him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that, I mean, all right. He was fine. But, I mean, at the end of the day, how good can he be unless we tee him up? You know, this is the thing. I think without us building the foundations on which he can build his legend, then nothing gets built. I mean, Sam, do you know what metaphor is really crying out to be used here? What? It's very much like cooking. Uh, you need a combination of the right ingredients. Yeah. Sure. Stunning. There are some people Beautiful. who think you can just have a nice steak, no seasoning, no trimmings. Just enjoy the purity of the meat on its own. <laughs> but we know that's bollocks. Do you, you need... Other ingredientes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was fine. He was, he was good. Yeah, didn't like his cap, but, <laughs> but you know, he's, like a, he's, a, he's a nassy dresser. He's a natty. I like didn't, it looked cap. a bit like a baby's cap. What's uh, wrong with that? Well, no, he could pull it off. Don't get me wrong, but it also could have been like he pulled it off a kid's head. <laughs> um. Anyway, how have you been? What have you been doing? Um, well, I missed you the last couple of days. Been yeah. very, you know, felt like I was limbless. Not entirely, but certainly one limb was like a, a finger. A human cork. A little finger. A human cork. <laughs> just bobbing around London, getting on the 38 bus. Um, uh, yeah, you know, usual sort of start of the week, Sam. Menu meetings galore. Quite, quite excited about the incoming bar menu at Magpie. I think we've got some... Good things on there. You looking forward to getting in the kitchen? Yeah, yes. Next weekend, Sam and I, are, uh, on Sunday night after we close, are jumping in the kitchen with the magpie chefs and going to play around with some ideas for bar menus just because we're... Um, I don't know, we're kind of trying to make things uh, not simpler and not it's just a bit more relaxed. And I think that once chefs get into a certain mentality of this is how you do things then it's it's very hard the word we keep using is clenched yeah and the, and the food occasionally at magpie comes out more clenched than we want it to be um so we just want to kind of chuck a few ingredients together and and maybe help them unclench did we talk about botox. was this what we talked about did we talk about this with adam about you know when chefs do casual and, brief and, we touched on it you touched yeah. on it um, and it's that, it's that thing, and it's really weird because you think, what are they cooking at home? You know, and if mm. they are cooking at home, maybe they're not. You know, I suppose that's always the thing. Chefs always say, oh, there's nothing in my fridge. I never cook at home. But maybe that's what you end up losing touch with is that thing of just cook something delicious. Well, this is also the line between a chef and a cook, and there are great cooks who aren't good chefs and vice yeah. versa. And just because you can execute a dish, run a brigade, doesn't necessarily make you a very good cook of delicious food. Yeah. And as I'm sure we've discussed on here, there has been certain have been certain cooks we've had at both restaurants, none of which are still with us. Uh, they're still alive, I think, but, you know, they're not necessarily at the restaurants. But, you know, when it's been their turn to do star food and the food's been put up and you just think, how, how, how do you think that's all right? So I'm looking forward to that, Sam. Bit of cooking with my old buddy Sam Sam. Yeah. My bud bud. Um... But what was that? But um, yeah, slow start of the week. If I'm honest, Monday was what they call a struggle after our 
Sunday lunch. Yeah. That was uh, James cooked, what did you cook? Roast chickens. That sauce was delicious. You know, as I said at the time, disappointed, no bread to dippy dip in the saucy sauce. There was bread. As I said, there's bread. There's bread there. Have some bread. Yeah, but there wasn't. You want... There was. was. Rosie had baked bread specifically. Yeah, which is what I said. And then you said, why are you having bread now? That's for cheese. Uh, I was hammered. Yeah. (laughs) But Um, uh, but that sauce, what was that sauce? Well, um, when I got the chickens that morning, I also got a carcass, which I roasted and made a little stock from. As that stock was being produced, I sort of sweated shallots, celery, carrot, garlic, a classic mirepoix. Chef Thomas Keller would query the... The celery. That's bitterness. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a bully. <laughs> but I like the celery. Uh, you can even eat the leaves, which a lot, people, a lot of people don't know that. Well, They're also, you toss them through a salad, chiffonade. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller smaller leaves, though. The other ones, they can they get a can little bit... really get bitter. Uh, become overpowering in a salad. Oh, indeed. Um, and just get a little colour on those. And then I added Vinsanto, sherry, white wine and brandy. Crumbs? Oh, yeah. Really? They call me Jimmy Depp to favour Ramsden for Yeah, does that work? Or is that just like a load of booze? It's just a load of booze. But it, I think it, it just yeah. adds depth, doesn't it? I mean, the sauce was delicious, don't get me wrong. I was just <clears> like, <throat> yeah, maybe you just throw wine in there. But you went brandy when as well. When the chefs make a jus, Consente. they do Madeira brandy. You know, yeah. They fuck around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why GPs See? are in the toilet. Yeah. Um, and reduce that by a half. Then add the brown chicken stock. Reduce that by a half. Of course. And then uh, the icing on the cake was... Chopped chicken livers and wild garlic yeah, and that butter. Was, that was no joke. Really was impressive and, and perfectly cooked chicken as well, James. You know, just really got those birds and cooked them. Perfectly. In, in an oven. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it, but it, it was a complete blur. I couldn't, we, we, we had quite a session and then we went to the pub and Jamie produced a 20-year-old sake. Yeah. And after that... And a packet of cohibas. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, lo- lovely, lovely time had by all. Um, yeah, I mean, pff, Sam, good times. Have you got any notes? I've got some notes. No, you go with your notes. No, I, I, I don't I, really have any. notes. I keep thinking no. our guest is coming in thirteen minutes, but he's coming at half six, isn't he? Yeah, probably between sort of quarter past and half past, I imagine. All right, I'll be roughly on the edge of my seat, but. There's a chicken place in America that's now in the top three fast food, and I can't remember the name of it. Chick Fil A. Yeah, is that not the weirdest? That was it. Chick. Is it called Chick Four Lay? What? Chick. What's it called? Phil A. Chick Phil A. Yeah, that's yeah. it. F I L. Yeah. Dash A. Yeah. Chick Fil A. That's now the third most popular fast food place in the States. It is, yeah. I've never heard of it. Really? And it's and I would remember because it's the worst name I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it's delicious. The closest one you could get here would be the um, chicken sandwich from Shake Shack. So the chicken comes in a really soft, squishy bun mm-hmm. with pickles. Slightly sweet bun. And mayonnaise. Probably. A little bit, yeah. Mm. But it's nice. But... The guy who runs it is a pretty hardcore Christian. I'm not sure of what stripe. But so they're not open on Sundays. Right. There's no Chick-fil-A's are open on Sunday. business, that, isn't it? Yeah, but suppose they're about to open the first one in Vegas that will will be open on a Sunday. Right. Um, But, yeah, I think the guy... If you're opening in Vegas, then you kind of... 
shot your ward in terms of um, sin. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think maybe, I don't know, but I think potentially the guy has some pretty unpleasant views about certain things, the owner guy. Yeah, I mean, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a hardline Christian, that's almost uh, unavoidable, isn't yeah. it? Softline Christian, nothing wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. Wavy lines. Gentle, very yeah. floppy-armed folk. Yeah. Um, like, well, I was going to say like Guy Fawkes, but it's not Christianity. Or was what? it? Oh, well, Catholic. Catholic, yeah. Eddie Izzard does the uh, whole like Church of England thing with very floppy arms. and offering, oh, does he? Yeah. Right. He's like, this should become a bit more hardcore and it's either cake or death is the offer when you walk into the church. Okay. Or something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, Please do the Leg- Lego Ideas odds. Lego. Look them up on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. I don't, I don't, I don't, do you know what? You just said so many things I don't know what you're talking about. I got That's the Ideas odd thing. That's my phone doing that. What are you beeping about? I don't know. Oh, kitchen on fire recording in 10 minutes. Mm. I've just got a notification That'll off. That'll be it. Everyone's liking my post about Dan. Oh, have you already done it? Yeah. I think everyone thinks he's dead, but... Uh, Who, Dan? <laughs> long live, well, long live Dan probably means he's not dead. Um, so I guess we can't... Well, I mean, it's not like we're going public, but... Yeah, last week was the last week of um, the great Dan, or as we call him, Dan Dan, a.k.a. Noodles, Graham, who's been head chef at Pigeon for well over a year and then has been running the Kitchen of Magpie for a few months and is now going to do probably pretty... Outlandish things after several stages in Scandinavia. Where else is he going? I don't, I don't know how many he's going to do now. How many is he just going to do Franson? Uh, I, um, I don't know. I think his plans were changing. Is Franson anything to do with Jonathan Franson? No. Should be. Uh, could be, yeah. You'd never finish a meal because it would be too boring. Yeah. That's been my experience of Jonathan Franson. <laughs> and you'd look like Stephen Gates by the end. Why? What does he do? Because Jonathan Franson looks like Stephen Gates. Does he? Very much so. I think I think Bluebird looks a bit more like. Google <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Gates and then Jonathan Franson. Really? Um, I have a problem with Jonathan Franson because he, when I was writing my book, I got I was I was reading one of his books or something. I didn't love it, but I was like, I'll read whatever the great American novel is. I was like, I get it. You know, it's fine and clever and whatnot, but. I was like, oh, I wonder what he's like. You know, so mm. read some interviews with him and think, God, he sounds like a bit of a bellend. And then watch an interview with him on YouTube or a couple of them because I think it was, um, it was watching interviews with David Foster Wallace who comes across as weird. But then Jonathan Francis just comes across like the most smug, dull, up himself, tedious, boring human being. And this is like a guy who's so celebrated for his mm. books, but in person just came across as relatively just punchable, really. Mm. And I'm not a man of violence, James. You're quite violent. Not really. Mm. Do you say I'm violent? Have but I ever been violent to you? You're violent with your mouth. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, there's been times when you're like, I, you're on the record on this podcast, for example, with the guy who fat shamed me in Sri Lanka. You'd be like, I'd have punched him in the fucking face. Oh, yeah, but I wouldn't. I would. Yeah, you threaten guy. violence. I threaten it, yeah. But no, him... You get, yeah, anyway. get taken off Twitter for that sort of chat. Really? No, you can't take me off my own podcast, can you? I Maybe it, you'll suspend me. Yeah, I mean, I've made it sound like I've like really struggled three quarters of the way through the corrections. In fact, if I went to a restaurant with Jonathan Franson on the hots, yeah. I'd probably like have a nibble at the amuse and then fall asleep. Because yeah. I've never made it past chapter one of any of his books. Really? No. 
I just can't. I found them not impenetrable, but just. I mean, for, definitely. I, w- I wouldn't say for want of trying. Yeah. Or would I? Do I mean I didn't try? You didn't try. No, nah, couldn't be asked. No. Do you try? Uh, do, what, do, do you try hard at things? Are you a trier? Depends what it is, Sam. If it's running, yes. If it's typing very fast, you know it. What's going on with your running? Is your, oh, are you still damaged? I'm seeing, seeing the boozy quack tomorrow. Oh, yeah. What time? Yeah, I've had three weeks off. I'm in pain. 3.15. 3.15 tomorrow, yeah. eh? Oh. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fine. What a day. Big day. Where um, will I be tomorrow, James? Where will you be tomorrow? Um, oh, no, is it not tomorrow? What are you doing tomorrow? No, it's Friday. No, Friday. What's Friday? I'm working at Magpie, aren't I? Oh, fuck. Dinner? Uh, no, lunch. Lunch. Yeah. I know, I've, I've never worked a shift No, there. I know. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I know. I'm absolutely dreading it. You'd be right. Oh, yeah, we're talking about Dan. I mean, he's quite, quite the talent, that guy. And um, I'd, say, I'd say he's the most... Um, time will tell on him. But when Adam was talking last week about, um, you know, a golden age of chefs and who's the, the, whoever the P. Franco dude is... William Gleave. William Gleave. Mm. If you want a chef, you know, what was it? Who says it? Like, pound for pound, the best chef um, I've ever seen. Um, I, I would put Dan in a rarefied air. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? I don't know. Can you put somebody in a rarefied air? I don't Can know. Can you put anyone in I, I rate him highly. I think he's mm. incredibly talented, incredibly bright, and a lovely dude. Too bright. Yeah. Arguably. Um, yeah. Like you, Sam. I've, I've often thought that of your good self. Too Just intelligent. Too intelligent, yeah. yeah. It's like when you die, they'll be like, what was Sam's big Achilles heel? He, he felt too much. <laughs> oh, my God. That was really going to go up my nose. <laughs> ah, That was a strange noise. Sorry, I was trying to stop the... Cider, the Savannah Drive from going up my nose. Uh, yeah, I do. I'm a real feeler. <laughs> um, Tell me about Panera Bread while we're on American trash. Um, I've never been to a Panera Haven't Bread. Haven't been in the news? Um, I don't know. Thingy um, Sun Kill Moon is always singing mm-hmm. about him. Met a girl in Panera Bread. I went there with his dad or something. He loves his dad. Yeah, there's one about his... My dad's still fighting with his girlfriend about him flirting with the girls in Panera Bread or something. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Why, what's going on with Panera Bread? That's a nice... Uh, this is my notes from two weeks ago, but because uh. Adam talked so much and shut the fuck up. All my, I mean, I'm, I, I now can't remember what I was on about. I've got a... Do you want to do a quick fire? Yeah, sure. Because it's been sitting here for a while. Okay. Um, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Tuna mayo or egg mayo? Tuna. Poached egg or scrambled egg? Scrambled. Patterson egg technique. Yeah. That's the... I've written... Chef Daniel Patterson from Qua. Yeah, I don't know what the question was there. I've just written Patterson egg technique. Or uh, let's give you an or. Or just a straight-up omelette. An omelette. What's wrong with the Patterson egg technique? It just looks like it would be wet. What's it, uh, he brings water to the boil, yeah. whisks egg as if you're making an omelette, tips it into the water, and it sort of sets on top. Yeah, kind of, yeah. And it's like a puffy sort of thing. Have you ever tried it? No. It, it looks, looks interesting. Like, it looks interesting, but it looks, I don't know how you dry it afterwards. Because there's going to be nooks and crannies in that egg that are going to just hold up some water, aren't they? Don't know. Let's give it a go. Right. Report back. 
Um, bananas or honey? Oh, that is dark. That is a dark, dark choice. We're getting dark in a minute. Um, honey. Honey. Melted cheese or rare burgers? Melted with cheese. With melted cheese on them. <laughs> uh, oh, rare burger with melted cheese or just melted cheese? Yeah. Melted cheese. I'm not doubling down there. Quail or guinea fowl? Quail. Venison or pigeon? Venison. Pigeon or magpie? Oh, pigeon. <laughs> Barry Venison or Kevin Keegan? Uh, Barry Venison. because he... for the rest of your life. <laughs> Um, Barry Venison, because if he doubled down on the mullet and also he played for... Did he play for Hereford? In my head, he played for Hereford. I think Black and White as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, not the Rams, the <clears throat> cows or something. I went to a cow sale there one. Hey, I made the... a comment last week on the Coughlin podcast when he mentioned... I can't remember her name, but she works with him at Eater, and I said, what is she, left back? Which made it sound like I was metaphorically talking about her being shit at being an editor or eater, but what I meant is she is going to be in the eater football team for the five-side tournament that starts next week. So but why was, would she be shit if she's left back? She could be Luke Shaw in his prime. Well, that, that was my or point. Birch and last no, season. No, no, that's my point. Like it was anything. I was, just, I was just being left back. Roberto Carlos, Ian Hart. Let's keep going. I was just naming a, a position in football. But if you didn't, that's who I meant. I meant I meant Roberto Carlos, and I said Cafu. He was a holding midfielder, wasn't he? I don't, I don't know. know. He was a thug. But if you didn't think about it in terms of football and you just thought I was making some weird joke about her ability, yeah? Anybody who thought that, James, doesn't know you. Or doesn't know there's a London uh, Hospitality Five-A-Side League. So who's playing for them? Not George. George can't play football, I can think he? George is. George, Adam... Uh, I can't remember her name. I apologise to her um, unreservedly. Uh, I think James Hansen might be on the team. He's coming on the podcast at some point. But I keep knocking him back like a overrisen doe. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why that made me laugh. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who asked me. Um, all right. Anyway, right. So, Barry Venison. Oh, and yeah. our team is called Barry Venison FC. Yeah. It's Magpies, Newcastle. Um, Thai or Chinese? Chinese. Rent boys. Chinese. Okay, this says Awa Fresh, but I think I meant to write Aqua Fresh or Colgate. Oh. Colgate. Aquafresh seems a bit dated to me. I feel they changed the recipe. I think it used to be delicious and it's, it's gone downhill. I remember it being quite sweet. Yeah, that's why I liked it. Yeah. Champagne or gin? Ooh. I'm not good on gin. I cry. Um, you drink Negronis like they're water. It, Negronis is fine. Uh, gin tonics. Gin tonics make me either Weeping. cry or generally cry. Right. But occasionally get aggressive. But and then cry. And then cry, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and champagne gives me indigestion, but champagne. Did you have champagne at the wedding? Uh, yeah. Much us? Uh, no. No, a small amount. Martini or hanky-panky? Uh, hanky-panky. Hanky-panky, for listeners who don't know, is a Negroni made with Fernet Branca in lieu of Jean Campari. Campari, yeah. Uh, Negroni or Pina Colada? Negroni. Ooh. I thought you'd go curveball on that. Really? Yeah. Why? Because you can't really beat a Pina Colada, I don't think. 
I think it's probably the best drink ever made. No, if you do, I, I would have had Tamanara if you'd have said um, Negroni or Daiquiri. Right. Yeah, Daiquiri is your go-to at the moment. Yeah, <clears throat> I like a Daiquiri. I like Fredo, of course, likes a banana Daiquiri. Yeah. Damn it, does that make me Fredo? You are Fredo. Everyone listening to this knows you're Fredo. Sandwiches or sushi? Sandwiches by a country mile. Don't like sushi, do you? I don't, I don't dislike it, and I've had what supposedly is amazing sushi. It's just not my... I find it tough to get sort of super excited about. All right, I'll allow it. Um, and I adore sandwiches. Love them. To bits? Oh, to, to a million bits. More than your children at times? I'm on a level, yeah. Mm. OK, two more of your favourites. OK. Miso or almonds? You can only ever cook with one at Rebrugge. Almonds. Almonds. Definitely almonds. I don't use I don't use miso much at home. Almonds or cashews? Almonds. Ah, wrong answer. Oh, you, you are into I'm cashews. Obsessed. Are you still doing that? Oh, mate. You're home roasting. Uh, well, no, I just bought some the other day, but they're too salted when you buy them from the shop. So just go to get get them the East End sort of um, catering size bags from Tesco. Roast them yourself. 10 to 12 minutes at 150. Chuck them in a bag with some salt. Happy days. No other flavourings on there? No, no. No. Don't bother. But I don't think I want that invasion. No. What would you do? pure nut flavour. I mean, the cashews they do at Somsa are pretty outlandishly good. Lime leaves and a bit of... Some, I don't know if they do coconut oil. It's a sort of coconutty... Could just be from the lime leaves to sort of bring that, don't they? Mm. They're very good. Um, a bit chilli, dried chilli. But I quite like them just plain. I grab, grab them by the handful. Really do. Just put those nuts down. They're a nutty little monkey, aren't they? <laughs> Butter or oil? Oil. Olive or ground nut? What was the oil that you always used to insist on at the supper club? Ground nut oil? No. Grapeseed oil. Oh, grapeseed oil. Grapeseed oil, yeah. What I use is grapeseed oil. Um, But these days, I probably cook less. (laughs) (laughs) What? I just read the next question. <laughs> right. Sorry, go on. Um, These days you cook. Yeah, ground. I don't use ground oil, so olive oil and grapeseed oil. But I cook less sort of Asian food where I would use grapeseed oil before. Right. And cook a lot more Italian food, so I use more mm. olive oil. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Come on, James. Compose yourself. <laughs> would you rather have? Taste buds on your balls or balls on your chin? <laughs> Taste buds on my balls. That's the answer. No, I'm thinking out loud. So when you want to eat food, you've got to rub it on your balls first and then eat it? Or you don't have to do that, but everyone can see you've got balls on your chin. What do you taste? I'm all... such a child. What do you just taste just don't all day? Don't when I wrote this as you well. just taste your inner thighs all day. <laughs> well, I'm not up for that, but then but there's no way of covering up having balls on your chin, is there? You can't be like, oh, what's that uh, shaving brush? Uh, Vito Corleone seems to manage it. Um, he keeps them in his... Could you grow a beard to cover them up? Yeah, you don't know what... Hairy. I don't want <laughs> you've got really hairy balls on your chin. Why do I... Oh, no. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no benefit or re- reason to having balls on your chin. No? None whatsoever. So you'd never taste anything ever again, but you wouldn't have balls on your chin? Yeah. 
And then occasionally in private moments you could taste things. Yeah, you could taste things. You just have to sort of sit on it, climb up on the table and dip them in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Would you um, rather be uncontrollably rude to wait staff in restaurants or you always spill food all over yourself? Uh, that one, because I, I would, I'd kill myself if I was rude to wait staff in restaurants. Would you rather be vegan or teetotal? Um, vegan. Vegan? Would I? Um, no, nah, teetotal. So you'd 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 miss meat and animal products more than you'd miss booze. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then it's the last one, Sam, of yeah. the. Quick fire, yep. which has been incredibly rapid. Would you rather people perceived you in our partnership mm. as the handsome one or the clever one? Mm. Would I rather, or what do people do? Would you rather? <laughs> um, uh, the handsome, more handsome one. Definitely. What do you think people see? Uh, I think they think you're more intelligent than I am and they think I'm better looking. Yeah, so they got it wrong on both counts. No, just on one count. Damn it. <laughs> All right, overrated, underrated. Okay. Sesame. Seeds, oil, what are we talking? Or just it's an ingredient. It's an umbrella. So, so, you know, you can spin it out into he needs to spin it out as much oh, as you like. Oh, okay. Um, uh, underrated. I'd agree with you there, Sam. Yeah, I think you know, a variety of different usages, James. Cumin. Overrated. Is that just because I keep trying to put cumin in everything? Yeah, you put everything? cumin in everything. I, yeah. I don't put cumin in everything. You want to, you try. We keep discussing things and I'm like, what about some cumin in there? And you tell me to shut up. It's like, You're probably right, it does taste it's like Like a B-O. sort of creepy killer. Yeah. You know, like sneaking around a corner going up behind somebody with a... like a, a, a napkin soaked in cumin. That's you, <laughs> that's your killer move. I was reading about that um, guy in Germany back in the early noughties who put an ad... To eat some in dude. ...in the paper. To eat the dude? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite an interesting sort of ethical conundrum. Why? Well, because he, he went to prison for m- manslaughter in the end, I think, and then they extended his sentence to uh, life for murder. Right. Uh, and then he went vegan in prison. Because he said that um, factory farming was inhumane and he didn't want to have anything to do with it. And the sort of libertarian argument is that he essentially did nothing wrong. The guy volunteered to be killed and eaten. He had every right to do that. It was his life. It was a a contract made in good faith between two consenting (laughs) adults. Fuck it now. Was that murder? (laughs) Was that murder? Not really. That is it. He'd eaten forty pounds of the guy by the time he was caught. Had it? Hmm. Probably delicious. I don't know. Eat a German dude, or any dude. Very racist. (laughs) Um, No, I was putting myself in his shoes, and I was thinking, hmm, I don't want to eat these shoes. Do you eat the clothes as well? (laughs) She want a belt. (laughs) Leather. Um, Leather. Kimchi. Uh, Overrated. Cheers. The TV show with Ted Danson. Yeah. <laughs> oh, underrated. Cheese. Uh, correctly rated. People like cheese, I think. And I like cheese. Jeff Buckley. 
Oh, overrated. Jeff Tweedy. Correctly rated. Jeff no, 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 no. Actually, I'm going to go Jeff Tweedy overrated because Jeff Tweedy was awesome and now he's like a weird sort of grumbly old man. Jeff Capes. Uh, is he dead? Don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, overrated. Well, he just lifted stuff up and put it down. Didn't he throw stuff? Was he a shot putter? No, wasn't he world's strongest man? I don't know. Uh, maybe he was a shot putter. Capes. The item of clothing yeah. or the... Item of clothing. Bits of land. Bits of land? Yeah, you know, that stick out into the sea. Isn't that a cape? Oh, yeah. Like of good hope. Yeah. Or <laughs> of town. <laughs> it's not called cape of town. Uh, cape as clothing. Mm-hmm. I think correctly rated. I think if you're a... Green adult walking around. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, you, yeah, you've rated, you've checked it out. You, 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 it's correct. Yeah. Sam, it's really good. Thank you for playing. I feel that like everyone listening... I like, I like the capes question. Um, Would you wear a cape? I did always think it was the coolest thing in the world as a kid, seeing Superman in a big red cape. It was yeah. fucking awesome, especially with the pants on the outside. Yeah. And still one of my sort of earliest memories that I can... Some part of me can still access that excitement in my fluttery little heart was going to the toy box in Ripon Market Square, now Lockwood's, very good restaurant. Um, as Ripon goes, and uh, getting the Superman costume. Oh, yeah. Life-changing. The um, thing I always found weird about superheroes, not now, like, they, they, they've rebooted everything, but the, um, the boots, they always look like Superman, Batman, even Spider-Man, were wearing, like, sort of ladies' boots, like knee-high boots. Men don't tend to wear knee-high boots unless they're, like, sort of bother boots, you know, like punks used to wear, you know, DMs with 50 holes in them or whatever. Well, they were sort of non-gender-specific front-runners, Sam. No, but just odd, because you'd look Men at Men don't wear this, women wear No, that. no, 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 but come on. If you're ba- Batman back in the day and you're, like... You're oh, alpha. You've got a cape, you're hanging around on rooftops at night, hanging around in a cave full of bats with an old dude... <laughs> um, and then wearing, like, the sort of quite effeminate boots. Which, just, which I'm not saying that to be critical of anyone who wants to wear effeminate boots. Go for it. I'm but it was saying, jarring. Jarring. It's totally. like, oh, you're going to go and beat up, you know, Kapow, but you're wearing sort of ladies' boots. Adam West. Adam West, There was yeah. always something incredibly camp about yeah, Batman. Yeah, that was though. camp. But then if you look at the other ones, so you look at Superman, the first Superman films with Christopher Reeve, dead. Um... And they're wearing, like, knee-high boots. But then I suppose pirates wear them. And I love pirates. <laughs> you do, more than anything. Yeah. I don't know. You ever worn knee-high boots? Um, Probably. No, I, I used to... No. Cowboy boots, sure. Yeah. I would probably have worn knee-high boots when I used to ride. Yeah? Riding boots, they call them. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Um, and you just stick them on and then jump on a horse and off you go. Get on a horse? Ish. Ish. Would you get on a horse now? A bit of a sack of potatoes, they used to say. What's that mean? Just not very good posture, a bit slumpy, a bit slumpy. If I got shot by an Indian, red, was it dots not, no. Feathers not Feathers dots. Feathers not dots. Um, you can't say that nowadays, I'm quoting a film. If I got shot by a Native American... Uh, it wouldn't be immediately obvious because I'm already kind oh, okay. of... OK, you're kind already of, kind of slumpy slumpy. Yeah. 
but that's the, you could you could ride into an encampment pretending that you're dead in the saddle, then pop up big time, and then yeah, get at it. Yeah, quite enjoyed riding back in the day, but not not anymore. No, no, I, I can't. You, keep, don't, did you have your own horse? Can't keep a horse in London. No. I had a pony called <laughs> Silver. Lay ho Silver. Pony. What's a yeah, pony? When I was a kid, a pony is a, a small, small horse, horse, I guess. Maybe it's, it's a girl horse. It's a different breed of. Uh, what, what is a pony? <laughs> technically. Because I used when I was a kid, I used to think, "Oh, the pony's going to grow up to be a, a horse, an like adult a horse." No, but a pony is. Uh, I think it is. Isn't a pony <clears> is a young <throat> female horse, and then it becomes a horse, then a stallion, then a donkey. Correct. Is and then that, an ass. Is finally, that, yeah. before <laughs> that's the life. The indignity that of is death. the life cycle of a horse. P- pony. Pony is the girl, young girl. <laughs> then it becomes a horse that can be a girl or a boy. Then it becomes a stallion. It's like a newt, isn't it? That's a man. Yeah, they can change. They can sh- you shake them and they yeah. change. Then it becomes a donkey. Don't shake as, a pony. As it moves into later life, and then it becomes an ass, and then it it either dies or it becomes a goat. And that is what the um, Beatles song is about. I dig a pony. Yeah. It was about he fancied the pony because it was a lady <laughs> pony. Yeah, it's really pretty. But then he shook it and it became a dude. Yeah, it was really stallion. pretty. Not a good song. That no. comedian who was on the Adam Buxton podcast, other podcasts, other other podcasts, a while back, May Martin, yep. has got I Dig a Pony tattooed on her forearm, I believe. And then after getting it done, she read an interview with John Lennon in which he said it was the worst song he'd ever written and he fucking hated it. And she um, has felt foolish ever since. Not as foolish as the picture of the guy that I just saw who has a massive picture of Anne Frank tattooed on the side of his face. That is a strange call, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, literally that big. Do so you think he's a big fan of... Um... Attics. <laughs> and I was, survivors. I was going to say... Uh... Actually, did they get her in the end? I, I don't have ever read Anne Frank, actually. Yeah, yeah they got, it ends very abruptly. Does it? Yeah. Fuck. Ends very abruptly. I was going to say a big fan of Shalom Auslander. Oh, uh, yeah. But, um... yeah. That is funny. Um, well, let's um, take a break and wait for now. Bonjour, je m'appelle Arsene Wenger. I'm the managing man of the Arsenal. We're not very good anymore since my sweet, sweet Cesc Fabregas abandoned me. His father, the French one who birthed him. How could he? I miss you, my son. Anyway, to numb the pain of my loss, I turn to drink. Vodka drinks. I make and distill my Arsene London vodka in Hackney. It tastes delicious, and I believe it's very nutritious, and that's what gives me my glowing grey complexion. Go to Magpie on 10 Hedden Street and use the promo code The Kitchen Is On Fire to get half priced Arsene London vodka based cocktails. Mmm vodka, mmm Cesc Fabregas, mmm football managing, mmm grey skinned man, grey skinned man, grey skinned man. Niall is here. Hi. Hey, no. Thanks for having me. Doherty, Doherty. Doherty, which I only discovered... I just sort of chose it in my teens because I saw the snooker player, Ken Doherty, and the commentator pronounced it Doherty, so I thought I'm going for that. Because before that, like in Derry, where all my family are from, it's pronounced Dory. If you say that in an English accent, it sounds like dirty. (laughs) Fitting. So, thanks to Ken, I went with Doherty. Doherty. 
Niall Dory. Those two Irish pronunciation guests we've had in two weeks. On the bounce. What an incredible. It's a real melting pot. Yeah. Of, of what Irish was it last week? Cochlan. Cochlan. Was that it? Cochlan. Cochlan, yeah. Cochlan, yeah. And then we had Garvey the week before, isn't that? Gravy. Victor Gravy. <laughs> yeah. Too yeah. many dudes, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, bloke, bloke, bloke. Niall is the assistant editor now. Deputy editor. Deputy editor. Yeah, I saw that you downgraded me on your tweet yeah. earlier. Is, I, is that is that Chris? Chris. Chris Catchpole is the assistant editor. Oh, okay, and you're deputy. I'm so. deputy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they sort of pretty much mean exactly the same thing. Yeah, but sorry, I'll change that then. I'll, uh, when it goes up, I'll give you your actual title. Okay, thank you. When are you going to be the boss man? No, I'm happy being number two. TK Ted Kessler oh, yeah, is the sorry. boss man. Boss lady, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm good. The deputy. I can't I can't disrespect Ted Kessler like that. That was good. I was really hoping. <laughs> All the cachet, no responsibility. Or? Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, sort of. I just get to say yes to everything and have fun and go and do features where Ted actually has to plan the stuff and think about the ideas of what's going in the mag. It seems Q has been quite resilient uh, over the years um, compared to other music publications. Yeah, but it hasn't been without its failings. It's been there's periods where it's been like terrible, from the maybe yeah. turn of the millennium. It's in a good space now. At the moment, we're um, we sort of feel like we're critically acclaimed again, mm. um, without selling lots and lots. We're selling we're selling enough. Yeah, but there's say, not many music magazines. You're right. Yeah, I would say I was buying it and sort of. 2002 to 2005 time. Yeah, and then and the, those, and then the sort of period following that was when it it got not good. That's Actually, we had a we had um, we had a meeting a few years ago with someone of the sort of the top brass at Bauer, and they put up a graph to show sort of declining magazine sales and sort of queue, and it was sort of it's not like about managing a decline, but it's sort of adjusting expectations. But the point at which it begun on this negative spiral was the week that I joined. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, January 2011. Get this guy out of the door. But that was when, when it was all lists. It, turned it went list. into the list thing, yeah. Like every issue was... Top 50. Top 50 this, top 50 that, yeah. 100 best. How many of those lists were you in? Um... Not many. I don't Top 50 did dis- you have a queue? Top you? 50 disappointments. Yes. Did you, what did you get? Like a new to queue? I don't even think we got a new to queue. I have a feeling we didn't. And we never got a review bigger than just a little But Ted, interviewed a, Ted did interview you, didn't he? Or did he do your bio or something? He did. Did he? I don't know whether he was at queue when we were there. No, he would have been. Maybe he was just starting. I think he did his first feature for. I saw it today actually because I was going through some old issues. He did a razor like live in 2003. Oh, and that was like his first thing. <laughs> It's okay, don't worry. What was your first uh, first assignment? Um, for first, Q, first juicy one. The first feature I did was Pearl Jam. Oh, right. Which Are you was, a big Pearl yeah. Jam fan? Have you told me that? Um, yeah, it's, massive. It's, it's, it's it was less of a Pearl Jam fan more than the fact that Eddie Vedder, the singer from Pearl Jam, is your favourite human being on. Yeah, it was. It was like. I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, my wife won't listen to this, so I'll definitely say it's the best day of my life. <laughs> Hanging out of Eddie Vedder, it was it was amazing. Hanging out of with him or with him? Yeah, it was, no, it was, yeah, just... on him. I wish. Yeah, <laughs> his security guy wasn't there. Actually. I probably could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you do? What, where was it? Was at Pearl Jam headquarters. They've basically got their own warehouse outside Seattle. It's probably a bit um, like this office, is it? Yeah, just... m- much like your HQ here. Yeah. Anything goes. Your empire. Um, and we just had a really nice interview where I think it was the Americans are very good at stopping interviews. You know, like American PRs are really good at stopping interviews 
right on cue. The second you do like five more minutes, and then when they do the five more minutes thing, they'll hang around for that five minutes just to really make you feel awkward. So you usually wrap it up straight away. But he. Um, the PR kept coming up to do that and he was like no we're fine so I like interviewed him for like two hours and then he just started like doing sort of small talk and he showed me photos of his kids and he was asking if I, I just had my our first daughter I didn't have her my wife had her um, you tried yeah and he he had just been delivered sorry I keep keeping the table and that was one of the two rules he told me not to rules. do 82 rules keep those feet planted um so I'm just talking about Eddie Vedder, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, and he grabbed, the, he had this book delivered of these, this album he'd released called Ukulele Songs. And it was like a sort of annotated version of the album. And he grabbed one and he wrote in it, to Effie, congratulations, you're alive. Congrats to mum and dad as well. Uh, lots of love, Eddie. Did he not know she couldn't read? I really wanted to say, like, that's a really nice touch, but, like, uh, can I have one as well? Yeah. But he was a good guy. That's going to be awesome when yeah. she's older and she says... Oh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure in, yeah. like, 2030, <laughs> teens are going to be really hot on Pearl Jam. Uh, yeah, Eddie Vedder will probably reappear on this podcast anyway. Um, do you recall how we first met, Mark? Uh, the first first time? Yeah. Or are you going in for the... <laughs> <laughs> what, did we meet before that? Yeah, I interviewed you in a pub in Queen's Park. Did you? I don't remember Yeah, that. you... Uh, maybe it was you and Jimmy... Well, maybe it was the whole band. It was a really summery day right. in the pub garden. Uh, that wasn't memorable to me. I don't remember that. No, I was pretty awkward. So I think I just started at the fly. And you had, a, in the early days, you had a reputation of being quite prickly, I think. Really? Never. I think so, Sam. yeah. I find that hard to believe. The sort hard. of, you know, like, even though they'd only been around for like five seconds, the sort of person who would go like, if you're not, our name's about, look it up. Oh, really? That sort of thing. I think. I think. That makes me just sound like a massive. Belly. I think. Well, you. Oh, you know. It's all right. You're only how old are you? Like 21, 22. That's fine. That's okay. But then the interview went quite well. So when we met in New York, yeah, I'd we'd already met before. Okay. And that made it a little tiny bit more palatable that I like, had a nosebleed every five minutes oh, over right. three days. Yeah. And this was the problem. So now been on the knocks. That was that was the assumption that everyone made. Yeah. But because. And he would start talking to you, and then he'd just be like, "Come on, I'm through," and run out. And then it was terrible. With like just blood drying. It was terrible. And napkins stuff. Have you been hanging out with Vedder again? So I. The thing is, I'm you know I'm the like literally the only music journalist ever who doesn't do drugs, but the assumption at that point was like, "No, the nosebleed," as Hope of the States started calling me. was a massive caner. And I think word probably spread around New York because there was just these blood-stained bathrooms everywhere. And it was, honestly... It was, it was like very embarrassing. Because every... He would start trying to have a conversation. It makes me feel paranoid. I've, and I've never had nosebleeds, like, before or since. But he said, our, our, um, uh, Rachel, who did our PR, would say, look, he, he's not doing that. At least I don't think he is. And I said, literally, every time he starts talking to us, the dude has a nosebleed. <laughs> was this from the flight or something? Maybe, yeah. Also, how glamorous. You flew to New York to interview a band who came from Chichester. and I wasn't even interviewing them. I was interviewing Uh. the Duke Spirit. (laughs) But they... um, I saw them live once. They didn't want to hang out with me, I don't think. And Rachel, Hope of the States and Dukes, they shared a PR with Hope of the States. And you just happened to be in... Hope of the States, the Dukes. I think they're still going. I mean, that is my my experience. I was at a magazine called The Fly at the time. And it was just writing about bands who would split up soon after. I did actually, it was actually, we're going to do a quick fly around with you later, and one of the questions on it, which I may as well just ask you now, is do you regret putting us on the cover of the fly? 
No, no, I love yeah, it. The no, our only cover we ever got. No, I love that. You. That's okay. That I nice. regret writing about um, the album review where I said like a line and I predicted longevity. Some sort of thing. <laughs> this is, you know, it was some sort of soundbitey line I would have put in deliberately just to see if I could get on the poster. Yeah. And you literally split up within about three weeks of <laughs> it coming out. Yeah. This is I the sec- like- this is the second of many many records. Was it along those lines or no? It was just like this is going to change. It was really overblown and just this is going to change lives. This is blah blah blah. And then it was like I oh, was splitting up, dude. I'm like what? Yeah. And very selfishly, my first thought was I just fucking write that review. Keep those feet planted now. So am I, did I move my feet or is it Sam? No, I think I, st- I naturally stomped f- for emphasis, so I'm yeah. literally right. battling against it's right. instinct. It's right. um, and I've got really big DMs on as well. When you go and you... Sorry, maybe I should take my shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I heard, when you said DMs, I thought you said, D- I thought you meant DTs, like you've got really bad delirium tremors. <laughs> <laughs> you got no. a beer man, you're fine. Um, no, you do. You go and do these features. Yeah. You always put on Instagram a photo of your beer at the airport. Yes. I said to you last time I saw you. Every time I see that, I get this like warm feeling about thinking. God, I wish I was there. I wish I was There's, there at that airport. The airport beer. The airport, airport beer, beer is amazing. Which James is not. You're not on board with the airport beer. No. So I'm just getting something from the fridge. Yeah, uh, James' go-to isn't to... Oh, you know, I mean, once you... Yeah, I mean... Of course it's beer o'clock. It's really tricky because it's become such part of, like, uh, my travelling experience. If it involve, Only if it involves flying. Yeah. That now I've incorporated it, not just in sort of press trips, if I'm doing a job, but if I'm, like... like I went to Ireland last month for a cousin's wedding and the flights to Derry are always ridiculously early. Right. So I was having a beer in Stansted at, like, five to seven. <laughs> just because I was there, yeah. and I'm always... And the reason the factor in the, the sort of airport beer is that I'm always really anal about... I, no matter how many times I fly, I'll never be the guy who's like, it's fine, I'll just rock up, I'll get there about an hour before. Oh, that's not me either, I'm totally on I need to be there, I need to be through security with about two hours just to yeah. give me peace of mind. And then what are you going to do? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a browser. No. I'm a drinker. Yeah. So, yeah... I mean, I think the worst I've done, I went to New York once and I had, like, four pints before I got on the plane. <laughs> and a morning flight. A morning flight, yes, yeah, so I got on the plane and then had a few drinks on the plane. It's not a very long yeah. flight, so I had a few drinks yeah. on the plane, so by the time I got off in New York... And you were probably, if you were going to New York as well, as we've heard, you were probably boshing a few lines. <laughs> 8,000 feet as well. Yeah, so yeah. Up, as you mean, like, yeah, like, crosswords, yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah, so that's resulted in some monstrous hangovers when I wake up in New York because there's no choice but to carry on. And you sort of realise, like, well, why do I feel so bad? And it's because I've done, like, a sort of 24-hour stint. (laughs) (laughs) And I always get really... I love travelling and I love interviewing people, but I always get massive dread when I'm away. It's like a constant push and pull of, like, adrenaline. I'm going to New York. Say New York. I'm going to New York. It's going to be great. And then a bit of anxiety, like, oh, shit, I've got to do this interview. I hope I do a good job. And then it's just, like, constant dread and adrenaline and that I can only be quelled by alcohol. Who's the most uh, intimidating person you've ever interviewed? Um, Other than us, but this is a reverse. Yeah. Thing, but, you know... You, you... Not, in, not intimidating in a sort of... in, like, a traditional way, but St Vincent was... Like, I'd interviewed her a few times before and she's always lovely, but it became a game of... Um, 
sitting out the silences. And then once you got into her... How do you, what do you mean by sitting out So I would ask a question, it would be like a... It would either be a one-word answer at the start of the interview... It would either be a one-word answer or there would be a long silence. And it's really hard if someone... If you if you ask me a question and I just sat here in silence and started looking around the room, it's really hard for you not to fill in that, sign, like that silence. But you feel like you need... You, you know, you need but once I talk. sort of got into the rhythm of it and I just thought, well, I've got to get a cover story... <clears throat> I mean, the whole... The transcription, the first couple of pages, is mainly me. And I remember thinking, like, fuck, I've got to get a cover story of this. And really, I hadn't really had that before, where, as I'm, apart from another guy I did called Ben Howard, where I've panicked. And you sort of, you're thinking. I seem to remember you, yeah, I need you to posting get, about yeah, that. Yeah, I need to get like a cover story out of this, like what I'm going to do. And then once I got into the rhythm of just letting her think, and she's obviously just. Was she actually thinking that, or was she just playing this sort of role? I think a mixture of both, yeah. Not, not, playing, not, playing a, not playing a role, I think she's just. Because then I got some really good answers. And then I interviewed her again the next day. I did like a... That was in like Indianapolis and then we went to Chicago. And the next day was none of that. It was in half, in like a, another half an hour interview, I got more than I did in an hour and a half the day before. Right. So whether it was just that she was in tour mode and she was just waking up, it was just, yeah. That sort of... That was intimidating because I was thinking like... I was basically shitting it that I wasn't going to get enough for a cover story. And then it all ended up fine. I even got a hug off her at the end and she was really nice. Do you have a plan of a... I wouldn't say attack, but like a strategy when you go into these situations? I've got like a bunch of go-to questions in my head. Where do your name come from? Look it up, you yeah, look it up, you, look it up, you prick. I mean, and that was, that was like, two, that's like 2004. I don't know if you could look it up. I don't know if you could ask Jeeves, why are they called Hope of the States? Yeah. Is it Thomas Jefferson's speech? or yeah, some, you know? It's some fucking bullshit. Something, it's something like, American. And the thing is about bands, the thing is about that approach, like look it up, is that, um, yeah, but you said that to someone else and I need to hear you say it for the piece. And I know where did you get the name from is a really annoying question, but when sometimes if bands do that, you're like, well, I need to hear you say it because I'm not just going to copy someone else's thing. And also it was a, it was a pretty stupid name. So. Yeah, most of the questions I have in my head are like profile piece things that you can try and get stories from, which is, yeah. you know, what's the best piece of advice you ever got? What's your fondest childhood memory? What's your biggest regret? Just, like, stop questions, yeah. but you usually get a different answer from everyone. And you can then... And then it runs on to And then stuff. you can try and get it into a conversation. That's like, we do this page called Out to Lunch that I really enjoy doing because by sitting down and having lunch with someone and interviewing them, you get them to talk about their childhood or growing up in a way that they don't think they're being, like, interviewed than if, like, like this. Mm, or yeah. St Vincent was in her dressing room. If you say to someone, what was dinner like in your house when you were growing up? It's a bit it's, random it's in a dressing It's not as sort of prying as if you say, mm. what was your childhood like? Yeah. Mm. You know, and they'll start talking about it. I really enjoy that yeah. as a medium for getting good interviews out of people. I haven't touched wood, haven't done like a bad one yet. It's always ended up with... Was the last one you did with um, Sting and Shaggy? Sting and Shaggy, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is amazing. Sting and Shaggy. Go on, then. I mean, well, it's just Wait. the absurdity of it. Of yeah. sitting in... We went to that place in Westbourne Grove, the cow. Did you ask Sting where his name came from? No, I didn't, know. But they were very funny about their name. They're like, Sting was a very, a very sort of dry, quite funny English bloke. You know, and he was like... What was his line? Where, where, was the, where were you interviewing them? Uh, the Cow in Westbourne Grove. You know, so we had Oysters and Guinness. Right. It's like a sort of oysters Irish... Oysters and Guinness with Sting and Shaggy. Yeah. It's like an Irish gastro that could be a podcast. And Sting was up for, yeah, and Sting was up for Guinness. <laughs> I really like that. I thought he'd be a sort of yeah. a seeds and yeah. mint tea guy. Yeah. But he, um, he had a Guinness. He's not he? Yeah. He's got, he's got a bit of grip. Yeah. No, that was really, that was really good fun. 
<laughs> I liked it. I mean, that was another one do where... They, do they think it's ridiculous that Sting and Shaggy? Or are they like, so, yeah, what were they doing together? They've done an album. They've done an album. Wow. So obviously it was one of those where I didn't <laughs> talk to them about the music that much. Have you listened to the album, then? I listened to it just before I did the interview, just to... Is there a and they realise there's something ridiculous about this bromance between Sting and Shaggy. They <laughs> know that. No. Is know. there a reprise? It wasn't me, it was Sting. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Shaggy loves referencing his own songs. He's always got... It's very meta. He's always trying to get, like, a, it wasn't me in there. <laughs> he's not like the guy, he's not like Tommy York with Creep, like, I can't believe you. He's like, he's sort of willing you. <laughs> ask a question where I can say it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> who, are you, who took that last oyster? <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. But it was good because he was sort of... He kept... I'm sure it'd be like Sting had gone to Jamaica with him, so I'm sure it was a role reversal there because I think like he's like, mass, he's like a sort of god in Jamaica. Yeah. But he kept um, needing sort of Sting's approval on stuff. You know, so Sting had a Guinness first. Shaggy had ordered like a... He had ordered a mint tea. Right. And then Shaggy was like, oh, I'll get a Guinness then. And then everything on the menu kept going, what is that? <laughs> uh, when they, they ordered the fish stew, and when it arrived, it had like... Um, it's bit a of sourdough. <laughs> yeah. He had like a bit of sourdough on top with some sort of sauce on it. Mm. And Shaggy was like, like a child, was like, Sting, what is this? And Sting went, It's nice, just eat it. And he did. <laughs> he just he just obeyed. And he really enjoyed it. <laughs> Do they call each other Sting and Shaggy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they call each other Sting and Shaggy. And what do you call it? Um, Gordon and... No, no, I called them Sting and Shaggy, yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know, and then I was asking about their sort of what they should call their sort of their bromance, their collaborative name. Like, could it be like, you know, like Stingy? <laughs> or, and then Sting was like, well, actually, we worked out it's Shagging. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they had, what did you have? So Shaggy had fished you. Um, and Sting had fist juice because Sting had ordered the fist juice to so Shaggy's one. I love that. <laughs> um, and then I had the Irish stew. Of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> My name's Miles Hardy and I had the Irish stew. That's yeah. all you eat, basically. Yeah, that's all I yeah. I mean, I had it for breakfast as well, and then I knew I was going to have it for dinner, so I just yeah. thought. Um, and then we had the oysters to start. And then Shaggy, I don't know when he'd ordered it, but had somehow ordered a sneaky portion of mussels as well. <laughs> How much stuff is going on? It was only half 12. Oh, that is amazing. So, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> okay, we need more of these. Right. Who else have you had done lunch with? Didn't you have, have chili with Josh Homming? Yeah, he took me to a place near the studio in Burbank. But before that, I had done him for the lunch feature and um, we had uh, room service in his room at the Soho Hotel. But they only brought one set of cutlery. <laughs> so we had to share cutlery. He'd use a fork, I'd use the fork. And it was, it was highly sexual. And what did you have with Josh Homming? Uh, when we went to the place in, Bur in Burbank, okay. no, it was it wasn't enough. It was one of those where you're thinking, I'm getting McDonald's after this. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. On the train. Yeah. Um, in Burbank, it was like an old fashioned sort of chili place. They've just got these big vats of of like chili. So I I did a, a shaggy then. I just copied him, <laughs> and it was probably where they must Josh go in there. Gonna... Yeah, they they must go in there so much that the like the women who were serving behind the counter these sort of very um, charismatic, very chatty old dears were like, are you new here, sweetheart? Just because I looked like such a fish. And it was really hot, that sort of Californian heat, and I was melting. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, it, and even though I was melting, I still just copied him and ordered the extra hot chilli. Yeah. Because I've just... Uh, there's certain points hanging out with, like, pop or rock stars where I just copy them and do stupid things. But see, it even, you know, happens to the best of them. Even Shaggy, you know, is intimidated by that level of fame with Sting. So he's yeah. him and you're, the, you're slightly sort of less famous than Slightly Josh. less famous than Shaggy. Yeah. And, and Josh Homme. you sailed your own boat. See, you're, you're saying it right. It is Josh Homme. It's not Josh Homme. Yeah, I always thought it was Josh Hom, but then Josh Hom is better. It is much better. Homie sounds silly. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that to his face. No, no, no. So what's your take on the recent, semi-recent Josh Homme controversy? Didn't he kick someone in the face or something? Yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? He did He's an it, idiot. It, it's, it's, that's Right, that happened. I don't know. I just, yeah, he yeah. kicked a he kicked a photographer in the face. I'm sure he's massively apologetic about it, but I don't think he's gonna. Um... It was the office face. Not I don't know. It, I don't know. Explained it. He was really nice when interviewed him both times. Quite dry, and in an American way. A lot of time with American artists, um, apart from Eddie Vedder, you it's sort of you really you can sort of sometimes feel you're on the clock a bit. So even though I had a really nice time with Josh Homme, <clears throat> it's sort of like he was he was out of there pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We went for lunch, but like, they actually only lasted about eight minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. I've always enjoyed... Uh, there was that fantastic Catelyn Moran interview with Lady Gaga a while ago that they went out on the piss Yeah, that was for Q, actually. Was it, was it, was it Berlin or somewhere? Yeah, it was. It was yeah, yeah. It was Berlin yeah, that was for Q. or something. Yeah, those sort of nights where you... Or the times when you just end up accidentally hanging out are the best ones. I had a really good piss up with Liam Gallagher before Christmas. Oh, come on, come on. And that was it. like Christmas week and I was we were doing like a sort of um he was doing that a big arena tour, so we just thought it'd be good to even though the cover didn't come out when did the cover come out? It would come out in January, but it was just a sort of a triumphant, you know, uh victory lap for him. So I went to a Cardiff show and I met him then. I was supposed to interview him there, but he was late to the venue. So I said, Well, as long as we get it done in like the next week, um, that that totally works with our deadlines and that massively turned out to be a big bonus because he was behaving himself on tour because he didn't want to cancel any shows or have any big nights you know like lose his voice so Cardiff he was sort of in and out and I would have just interviewed him for 15 minutes and he would have gone and then I went up to Manchester to watch I didn't see him at the Manchester show but just went up to watch the gig and then a few days later we met in the um in Coat you know the place in Hyde Brasserie Brasserie and I've heard he does a lot of interviews there I think it's just around the corner from him. But well, in Hampstead, is that? Yeah, yeah. in Highgate. 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 <laughs> You've, high, it's still the same word, even if... <laughs> I've, I've got this weird thing where occasionally I just quite like to... I usually say Pearl Jam wrong by saying like Pearl Jam. Wrong emphasis on things, it's yeah. quite funny too. Um, but we went in there, because I think he'd done a lot of interviews in there, and it's usually quiet. But on this no, day, change, it's Christmas, it's Christmas week. Now. It's Christmas it's week, so there was loads of Christmas parties in there. So he was like, oh, I'm not doing it. And he just sort of stormed off um, to Cafe Rouge. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was me and, me and Liam doing, yeah. So he had, did the interview in Cafe Rouge. And um, at the end of the interview, he said to his uh, manager slash girlfriend, Debbie, and me, should we go for, um, should we go for, like, should we go for, should we have one? And as he said it, he rubbed his hands together and went, should we go for one? Three is the magic number. <laughs> so I was thinking, it's already gone. And then Debbie said to him... Well, well, one pint? Yeah, one pint, oh, yeah. Right, just checking. And um, Debbie said to him, with a sort of exasperated look on her face, well, Liam, we have to be done by quarter past five. I was thinking, it's only quarter to one. So we went to the flask, seven hours of drinking in the pub in Christmas week with Liam. Fucking glorious. Hell. 
absolutely wow. glorious. And, and so presumably a pretty good dude to hang out with. Yeah, excellent fun. And that was the night, um, five minutes after he left the pub, where he sent a tweet um, saying, Merry Christmas to uh, Team NG. Uh, we've made up... And it sort of made all the music news around the world that Noel and Liam had made up for Christmas. Uh, Ladbrokes announced the odds on Oasis reforming. And like that day, he'd been pretty harsh in an interview about Noel. So I emailed Debbie the next day, like, Debbie, what's, um, what's it about? Like, he was really harsh on Noel. Like, has it, have they made up or is he just like, having a wind-up? And she said, um, I'm too much Guinness. I'm blaming you for the carnage it's caused. So I felt quite proud. Yeah. But no, sort at least of... he said something nice. He didn't come out taking a swing at it. No, have... no. You well, could have brought those Warren Brothers together now. I could, yeah. Well, I think that, that, that ship might have sailed. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that, is that bad, is it? I think so, yeah. I think, I think for a long time people thought it was... Um, some sort of big trick. Yeah. But I don't think they're like the Gallagher brothers are that good actors that they're sort of, for years, cannot be photographed together when they're secretly, you know. Yeah. The um, quote, the Noel quote that Ted was pissed off that somebody had retweeted yeah. without um, attribution. Yeah, was that, was one that of from our your best, interview? That was one of our best writers, Dorian. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was uh, it was an oversight, yeah. shall we say? Yeah. Was that from your interview? That no, no, that was from one that's just come out in that issue that I've brought in. Yeah, we added it to the uh, reading pile. Yeah. What's it called? What's the quote? Have you read any of the other stuff in the reading pile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read Runner's World cover to cover. Who, what, what what is this place anyway? This is an office. This is our office. Is it your office? Yeah. We share it with those dudes. Right. They're racist. <laughs> They're really, really racist. Yeah. Don't know why I but, find that funny. Yeah. I can tell from all the gollywogs around the office, <laughs> yes. Uh, you can't say that. It's gollies. Uh, I, had a, I had a golly when I was a kid. Uh, Knitted by Robert Robinson. Can I get another drink? Just one. Can I have another beer? Yeah. Thank you. Will you be? <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is our, our office. Well, do the, do, what do you do here? Sam, would you recite that quote? Because it is incredibly funny. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 or a paraphrase. It's about no, nothing gives people. me more pleasure. I'm not going to do the accent. Yeah, I can't do the accent either. More pleasure than see, looking out at the audience and seeing kids on their parents' shoulders at my concerts. And I hope that in time, I'll look out and the middle-aged <laughs> kids will be on the now aged parents' shoulders and on their shoulders will be their millennial children and in turn their children will be on their shoulders. You say towering stacks of humanity. Towering <laughs> stacks of All humanity. Decked out. All decked out head to toe in my time. fucking merch. Yeah. Wow, you really did remember that quote. That's amazing. Wow, that's that, was, that was a great quote. But, you know... We've just recited it on The Kitchen on Fire, but we're giving credit where credit's due. It's in the latest Key magazine, yeah. I've got a question for you. What's the worst thing anyone's ever either said to you or you've read about one of your restaurants? Oh, um... You get weird ones on, like, TripAdvisor and stuff, but they tend to be sort of slightly unhinged, the really bad ones, of which we don't get We many. don't get unhinged ones. It's just, but, you, but when you do, you get, like, a really odd one, which has sort of strange critique of things which don't really seem to apply to anything. Um, yeah, we're very fortunate. So far, there's been nothing that you're, like... In, certainly in print, that has made one of us, either of us. 
Yeah, it's weird as well. I think we had a funny few months with the new restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and, I remember you said. And it felt odd to me, especially when you had other restaurants <coughs> jumping on a sort of, you know, a restaurant that's down or whatever. You know what's going to Why, what happened? No, nothing, nothing sort of specific, but you get Do you want to, me to get them? If you could, I'd appreciate it. But, uh, and I said, God, this is worse than when I was in a band, because... When you're in a band and you get a kicking, say, for your album, or your album sucks and everyone gives it a kicking, whatever it is, other bands don't tend to jump on board. Yeah, that would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, but... That would be great for magazines, though, if they, that happened. For sure, yeah. yeah. But that's, and, it, and it did work, because when that actually happened was Oasis, and Oasis would slag off other bands, and that's entertaining and sells papers and whatnot. But the fact that other restaurants or people involved in restaurants sort of seem to take pleasure in people struggling well how did that manifest itself just you know I don't know it seems quite um, um, head chef Ivy likes this (laughs) (laughs) well that seems very petty but but actually that's it it's like I think if you're liking a a negative review of a fellow restaurant or if you want to put it this way rival restaurant that that doesn't come as an unloaded action no, no, that comes as that's yeah. that's going in the book. Yeah. That's like so I have a you, list. Yeah, I have a list. I've got. A, Do I you actually I, have a physical list yeah, written down? Phone. Yeah, it's on my phone. I've got a list. Of, <clears> yeah, <throat> stuff like that. People who sort of said stuff about Q. I can't help but work. I can't help but work somewhere. I used to be like this when I was at the Fly, um, and then now I'm like at a Q where I just get. I think I operate best in a siege mentality, where everyone else can fuck off. Yeah. That's when I'm like good at what it's I do. The unfortunate thing I was, I was reminded that when I joined Q, I'd done that to Q, yeah. and I'd written a blog at the Fly, really right. slagging off Q. But that was your role at, at the Fly. You know, Fly was supposed to be the just being a sort of kind of you know, cocky shit. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, you are very cocky shit. Or at least and you're then now you're old. Now I'm old. Oh, that, yeah. Well, I joined Q just months before my thirtieth birthday, just to. The rest, the rest of I think is weird because. You want there to be, like, a sense of... Um, I think I've said this before, and always end up feeling quite naive, but there is a community of restaurants. You know, you're you're in a tough game. And yeah. Especially in somewhere like London. And the fact that there is... A, I think there is a community which exists, which is nice, but at the same time, there's also the school playground in it. And, yeah. And mm. it's sort of, I haven't actually experienced that sort of school playground thing since school. Do you know what I mean? Because it doesn't exist in music. It's not bands running around slagging one another off, or there wasn't. No, and bands, I think it's it's a lot easier to have some sort of collective scene, you know, where you're supporting or you're doing gigs together and you've all got one goal, which is sort of to get, like, as smashed as you can while you're still young enough not to have bad hangovers. Yeah. I think it should be said there's still plenty of that as well in in the London restaurant scene. I think there's a lot of fraternity, but that's probably not a word you use these days, but, um, you know, there's a lot of collegiate... Spirit, but is that a word? Yeah, but But at the same time, there is the the school playground, uh, bizarre sort of Schadenfreude slash piling on. And it it happened last week, not about not to another restaurant, but um, a guy who who I won't name, and I'm sort of embarrassed not to name because um, if I was because he could have you, yeah, if I was a bit braver, I would. But he's a renowned piece of work in the industry, but also very well-known and very successful, or ostensibly. And wrote a Is it pr- Mr Wimpy? Mr Wimpy. <laughs> let's say it's... All right, let's go with Mr Wimpy. Fuck it. Mr Wimpy, I'm standing up. If you want to take a swing, take a swing. Uh, wrote a, 
I say pretty nasty, an exceptionally nasty tweet about a, a blogger. And it was just quite interesting seeing the people who liked that tweet and yeah. retweeted that tweet. And it, it, you know, it seems so petty to talk about, you retweeted that tweet, you liked that tweet. But actually, that is saying, I agree with this fucking bella. Yeah, I think that's the mechanics of how sort of social activity works now. You know, people have to... People would be stupid not to think that counts towards people's perception of their personality, right? Which is why now, by law, if someone tweets something um, libelous and you retweet it, then you're on the hook for libel. Yeah, that's why, thank fuck, I took myself off Twitter. Did you? That makes sense. I was looking for you. Yeah, that's what I yeah. did as well. I forgot. I mean, it was like two years ago, guys. Oh, really? I was really embarrassed. <laughs> I was really upset Sam had only just noticed. Yeah, but it's because you were on Instagram. I literally thought you would notice within hours. You'd ring me up in the middle of the night. Because because you're on Instagram, and you're Instagram, which I follow, and as I said, you know, I get to see pictures of pints. Yeah, so it's private Instagram, but it's just too, it's the thing of like too many idiots on, on Twitter. And I've got a train Especially journey into work. I commute mm. from um, Westcliff. And then I just found myself just going through my phone and being like annoying myself, like sort mm. of feeding my own sort of frenzy at, at the idiots. And it, he says he says quite a few dumb things, but that um, Father John Misty did put it thus. I just use the word thus. See that? I like it. Yeah. And he said something about if you're you now, like, you're now reaching the. You he know. said if thine, no, I didn't. He said like if I, if you were in a, if you were in like a bar or a pub and it's really bad clientele and you're surrounded by dickheads, you leave the pub. You go like, let's go somewhere else, and that yeah, that sums up why I sort of left Twitter mm. just because it was just it was just endless like you an idiot, you an idiot, punctuated, what, punctuated by an amazing one liner from me every so often. Yeah, I don't remember them. I do. I was enjoying. Yeah, no, yeah. No, now I know. I what thought was you were. I thought you would. I thought you. And now I know it's been missing in my life. It's your Twitter feed. Yeah. Um, also, the tribalism around music is incredible. So if you've written something scathing about a band that someone loves, then you're going to get. Yeah, I remember the worst I think I ever had was a band called The Holloways, yeah. where I hadn't even... This is when I was at The Flyer, because so I was the editor of The Flyer, and I hadn't even written the review, but what I had done was... Um, I'd emailed the PR, just really honest. He just said, what do you think of it? And I think um, in un-PC language, I said, this is music for retards. <laughs> Now, I did not expect him to forward it onto the band. If, if he'd said to me, I need to give them feedback, I would have written something else and just said, look, it's, there's too many indie bands around at the moment. And I think the Holloways were actually nice blokes as well. I, I was in a band at the time, and we sort of crossed paths a bit, and I felt bad afterwards. But it was just... Bet- I would, it was saying it like I was talking to a friend. Mm. And um, when The Fly then gave a bad review of the next Holloways album, it like they would just spend days and their fans uh, just on like the Flyers message board bringing up this thing that like I said, it's music for retards. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, you regret yeah. that you regret your wording? I always, I always have to go on what uh, Jade, my wife would say, and Jade wouldn't let me get away with it. So Jade she seems wise. But um, I, yeah, so I got, I was sort of ganged up on by the Holloways and their fans for a time. It came back to bite me. Hey, say la vie. Are you going to come for dinner with us? We're going to go for some poons. Yes, where are we going? Poons. What's that? It's Chinese. Uh, I'm going to say Chinese, which... I think it is probably, Chinese. Yeah, but maybe I should be more specific. But I don't think... Is it, I think it's quite, is it Cantonese? I don't know. I think it's... Yeah, it's Chinese. 
going for Charlie's now. Um, so, because we're going to have to clear out, but we've got a quick fire in the meantime. Yeah, we've got three rounds of quick fire. Okay, great. All right. Just go with your gut, let me mate. A, let me just have a sip. Yeah. All right. It's an emotional raw shot. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> you ready? Yes, I am ready. Fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't call me a retard. I like this guy. I might just bleep out all of that so people wonder what he actually is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, you ready? Yep. Pie or tart? Pie. Crisp or chip? Crisp. Liam or no? Liam. Just have you been boozing with him? Um, I know Liam better than I don't know. I've met, I had a very enjoyable afternoon with, with Noel once in the pub after the Q Awards. And that was, I think Noel was really, yeah, Noel's really nice as well, but I know Liam slightly better. Not to say I know Liam, it's just because I had one. What did you think of uh, Supersonic, the documentary? I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, what's your favourite food? This is, uh, this, uh, so I can use this in this next question. Um, what, death row dinner style? Or yeah, just, yeah. yeah, just... Death row dinner is probably like something, it would be nostalgic, like my mum's roast beef dinner, but it would be overcooked. But it would be like probably something in Sicily either Sicilian pizza or not in terms of the Palermo pizza where it's thicker it would be like an Italian pizza right. but in Sicily um, what's or, your least favourite? custard <laughs> <laughs> straight up <laughs> straight up ok uh, so dinner with your uh, with your Sicilian pizza yeah but Limp Biscuit are performing live in the restaurant or you got to eat a whole bunch of custard <laughs> But Eddie Vedder is playing his ukulele just for you, and he's rubbing your neck. Yeah, I'd give it the card. Give the custard a go because yeah. it's one of those things where it's ingrained. Where I just didn't like it when I was like eight years old or something, and I've just assumed that that might follow through until I'm thirty six. <laughs> part of my brain says, "No, nah, mate, it's fine." <laughs> custard won't make you follow through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spurs or your children? My children. Well, what, so what is it? What hanging out or watching? No, I don't know. That's, that's just the question. But you, I think you probably who do you love right, more? You yeah. picked the right answer. Uh, bangers or mash? Bangers. Bangers. Mash or... has to have gravy. Yeah, that's true. I'm really strict on that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, bangers and mash by Radiohead or She Bangs the Drum by Stone Roses. Um, she bangs the drum because the version that Radiohead did. Wasn't as, you know, like where that point where they they did songs and you heard them live, you heard yeah. like a live bootleg exactly, first, and yeah. it was really good. And then when they recorded it, rubbish, yeah. it was like, What have you done? Yeah. That, so, yeah, that's uh, right. She Bangs by Ricky Martin or Crash Boom Bang by Roxette. She Bangs by Ricky Martin because of the um, mysterious and un, unofficially unheralded influence it had on Noel Gallagher's big single a few months ago. Go on. Yeah, it's cool. His song was called um, Something Mountain. And I didn't really notice it until my brother texted me and said, what's going on with no single then? He uh, sounds like play Ricky Martin. <laughs> and then it does. I can't hear it without, yeah. Holy Mountain, it's called. Oh, yeah. OK. She bang. The chorus goes, she bang, she bang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. OK. Um, all right, well, we know the answer to this, but I put custard or cream. Um, yeah, cream, definitely. Yeah. Custard is the uh, word. You're on the train, drunk, going home, as you are regularly, yep. and you have takeaway food, which you do often on the train. Yeah, I've home. been all right, actually, recently. Yeah? I, because of... It's a really good thing having a joint bank account, 
because then the next day Jade's always like, "Did you get a Burger what? King last night?" Like, so I know that if I really want to, if I really want to have that Burger King, and also Burger King, Burger King burps the next morning are disgusting. They really, it really does hang around. But the, the question. <laughs> Sorry, finish the question. The question, question was Burger King or McDonald's? It's McDonald's every time, yeah. Okay, and the and the chips, uh, McDonald's fries or BK fries? McDonald's, yeah. yeah I would agree with that. Uh, tableside mariachi band or jazz tinkling pianist? Oh yeah, yeah, probably the the jazz guy. Yeah, he's more because at least you can it? so yeah. you can you can sort of zone him out in your brain. Okay. Whereas you have to do that awkward like looking up at them, doing a smile, and then you're like, oh my god, it's it's like seven minutes in, it's still going. Yeah. Um, okay, Bono or Chris Martin? Um, Bono, who I haven't met. But because I think you would get much, um, I do like Chris Martin. I saw I have to keep putting in these disclaimers. But I think Bono. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's why I'll kiss Bono. Oh, but sorry, I think, is that what you're looking at me? Yeah, I thought you were. Gonna... Oh, yeah, I've forgotten that. Ah, oh my God, you actually talk about jokes beforehand. No, 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 just, just in this sense. Just, just in this sense. Bono, I think you're going to get a much better drink kiss. up with and a better kiss and a better, and a, a better blowjob. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Britney or Christina. That's a bad segue. Christina. Uh, stuck in a lift with Matt Bellamy talking conspiracy theories or Johnny Borrell talking about himself? Pardon me, I'm burping. Johnny, because <laughs> I'm curious. Okay. I want to know, what, don't you, like, what happened to him? Yeah, God knows. Um, okay, Johnny Borrell 2003 talking about himself or Matt Bellamy today talking about conspiracy theories? Uh, yeah, Johnny 2003 because it was quite humorous. It was, it was like, yeah, it was like, what are you on about, man? If, if Dylan's making he, the he chips under his, the champagne, yeah, but he would have like his top off for this amazing six pack and stuff. It was like, and then, and then now he expects people to believe that he's um, he's willfully some sort of self saboteur. Like, no, I want to play to five people. Yeah, it's such an interesting story. Him, yeah, for sure. They fucking headline Reading. Fuck's sake. Yeah, let's get him on. Uh, he would come on. Uh, best tomato growing musician? Um, come on, who grows a mean tomato? You must You've know. You've got to pick someone. You know, you know people. I think Yanis from Foles like, went through a phase <laughs> of talking about having like a sort of into gardening, but I don't know if he did any veg. <laughs> <laughs> That's good fruit? enough for me. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay sorry. Uh, okay, now it's the overrated, underrated, or correctly rated. Right. Okay. Okay. Do I have to say that? You have to say whether it's, you think it's overrated, <laughs> underrated, or correctly rated. Thank you. Soup. Correctly rated. Radiohead. In my own brain, correctly rated. They're fucking amazing. Strawberries. Overrated. The Irish. <laughs> underrated. Sausages. Correctly rated. Cranberries. The band overrated. or the fruit? Uh, overrated. Overrated. The, yeah, the fruit, not the band. The cranberries. The cranberries. Correctly rated. R.I.P. Dolores. Uh, Ocean Spray. Overrated. Ocean Spray by the Max Street Preachers. Underrated. Underrated, really? It's just the Mannix, man. You can't fuck the Mannix. Yeah, it's a song about juice. It's a song. It's actually about James's mum dying from cancer. I think it's his dad, actually. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Cornish pasties. I'm going to get you to go to Ocean Coliseum. I'm going to get you to. I'm going to go down to it. 
Cornish pasties. Correctly rated, yeah. Fine. Uh, well Cliff Richards wine. Wine? Wine. I didn't know he did a wine. According to James, he does a Get wine. Get some knowledge, mate. Come on. Is it like, I bet it's like non-alcoholic or something. No. So what do you reckon, overrated, no. underrated or correctly rated? Well, it's obviously underrated because I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not logic uh, at all. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Um, critically as opposed to publicly. Critically, probably correctly rated. You, you must have met him at the queue thing. He sort of turns up with his arm smashed up. Didn't he? Yeah, I did. I, met, um, I, didn't, I didn't meet him, no. He was just in the room. Yeah. I think it was quite... Yeah, Liam gave him a lot of shit. <laughs> we unleashed Liam Gallagher on him. We made yeah, we made sure that they'd be in the photo room together yeah, by putting the two awards one after the other. And Liam just Ed Sheeran didn't know what to do. What happened? Did he just walked in. He's like, before he had a chance to talk, he's like, I know what you did to you because he'd had that bike accident, so he's sort of had both. He'd fucked up both his arms. And Liam just straight in there. I know how you did that. He was double wanking, weren't you? And stuff like he literally just and Ed Sheeran it was Ed Sheeran just didn't know what to do. He didn't he was I mean, Liam is really hard to keep up with. He'll he speaks so quickly. Oh when I interviewed him So he does speak like he you know interviews he just is Yeah, yeah. When I interviewed him there's times when someone's speaking I'm thinking, what am I gonna say when they finish speaking? You know, you're sort of trying mm. to think of the next question. And when I interviewed Liam, I couldn't keep up. Like my brain there's times where he stopped speaking and I go like, uh, <laughs> transcribing it. I was like trying to get some words out, like, well, what would you have for breakfast? Just trying to think, what the fuck? Buy some time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. Okay, uh, right. Why Thanks. have you, you rolled one sleeve up? Just for being like, Just in case you forgot I had a tattoo. Uh, no, I'm a bit concerned because James said, oh, you look weird. Because he says, You look weirder now. But then we're both wearing black t shirts. Yeah. Let's both roll them up for the final part. <laughs> uh, oh no, did I just delete it? Oh, you can't go. No, I didn't. Okay, uh, which musician would you like to eat the following with? Paella. Tom York. Heroin. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Heroin. Um, You've got to do it, else, you, else your kids have to go and live on a lot. Yeah, no, no, I'm just trying to think who would not just leave me... High and dry. So I'll do it with you. I'll do it with you. Okay, I'm not a musician. Uh, sausages. Uh, Lily Allen. Blancmange. <laughs> 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 do you like a blancmange? I'm not really a dessert. Uh, not really a dessert guy. No. <laughs> what, what do you say? Starter or dessert? Yeah, blue munch. Like, I don't know. Well, like but what sandwich. do you prefer if you had to choose one or oh, the other? A starter or d- uh, yeah, probably a starter. I'm not super. Yeah, sure. um, I will go Billy Corgan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Petit Fillet. Tony Iommi. Who's that? The guitarist from Black Sabbath. <laughs> Just I want to see someone big and rocking with a sort. Of... <laughs> Little tiny. Yeah. Because I wonder if he'd go tablespoon or teaspoon. You can't get a tablespoon. <laughs> Can you not get... I know, you'd have no. to turn it round. He's probably got, like, a Coke spoon around his neck. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's an old rocker, one of those, and he probably uses that. Uh, and finally, cheese fondue. Cheese fondue. Who do you want those alpine flavours with? Peter Gabriel. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. It's a feeling that we all share. I want to eat melted cheese with Peter Gabriel. Um, thank you very much, Niall. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I can't believe we didn't even get onto Matt Bellamy's conspiracy theories. Next time, Niall, in the meantime, look after yourself. Thank you. Keep it safe. Goodbye. That, that's... 
Oh, sorry, was I interrupting you saying goodbye? Well, I thought you, you, I thought get thought the, you were going to reiterate keep it safe. Do you always try and get the safe. last word in? No, we, we, we trade no. that one off quite a lot, actually. We yeah. tend not to give a shit, actually. Um, well, like and subscribe. Um, yeah. Like us on the iTunes, all that shit. Yeah. Turn us a tweet well, if you like. Send us emails, tweets, um, and uh, we're going to get, get Niall drunk in a Chinese restaurant so we can make him fall asleep on his train home. Niall, have you got any... You don't have a Twitter to plug. Have you got anything you want to plug? By the way, it's issue of Q. Just by Q, yeah. It's got an interview. Niall's interviewing um, Annie Lennox, who's talking about um, her new... Space um, hoppers. Lima. Yeah. That she's bought. Uh, there's also an interview with Dave Stewart. Um, by Niall. Where? I moved in with him for three months. <laughs> he made me shave him, it was weird. There's <laughs> no way he's going to shave. His, body, his body's completely hairless, but he's Daily. Like, he still has the goatee. Yeah, um, he's got Niall to thank for that. And sunglasses. It's actually stuck on the goatee. <laughs> thank you, Niall. Bye. Bye.